0: We're glad to be sharing the Ministry of Redemption Church with you. Now join us as we receive the Word of God. We're here today because we want to celebrate we want to begin our New Year's celebration with him. I know that's why you're here. otherwise, you wouldn't be. Now, our pastor, he took off today, and that's wonderful. It's a deserved vacation for them, and they pulled the boys out and went to um, Great Wolf Lodge, Great Wolf Lodge, whatever that's called, and uh, and it wasn't easy to get out of the house. I want you to know that. The boys, Sarah, Sarah was sounding like a staff sergeant like me, like I used to. I don't know if y'all hear that, but she was going, we're not even going if you keep this bickering. So they had to sit there for a while, but they got out, and they're there, and we're glad, and... You just have to put up with me today then. And I'm sorry, I'm not Christopher. I'll tell you, I'm, I'm amazed at what God has done in my little boy. I want you to know that if you will serve God, and if you'll bring your children up in the reverence of the Lord and the things that are of the Lord, if you'll teach them the truth and and bring them up and keep them there and be consistent with your own walk there is no telling what God can do I'm telling you there was just my little boy and now there's a big old grown man and he's a pastor and he loves God and that's worth everything he knows God and he loves God and um, I can see that better than any of you and I know you know it too I know you know it through the Spirit. And so, um, I never was a pastor. I have ministered all, all through my career with the Lord. If you're walking with the Lord, you should be a minister. You're ministering to everyone you come in contact with. Maybe that hasn't sunk in yet. But when you start walking with the Lord... He works in your life, and you collect those things that he's done for you, and you never forget them, and you share them with your friends, and that is ministry. And then you find someone that's doing without, and they need something, and you feel touched in your heart, and you help them. That's ministry. You see a need in town. They need us to work in a food pantry and you come to the church and share what you feel there and we do it, you've done ministry. That's ministry. And it's what you're supposed to do. You remember Jesus went to the one of the disciples and said, follow me. And immediately they started doing ministry. It's, it's That's what it is. We've let it get into stained glass windows and big facades and huge churches and and I'm not against all of that. That's beautiful, wonderful but it get down to brass tacks. It's you and me, Jesus, and I'm trying to serve you God, and I want to do ministry. I owe Jesus everything. Thank you, Lord. <clears throat> Hallelujah. We've had a wonderful year. We really have. There's been a as I cough, there's been a lot of problems this year. A lot of us have faced them, but God's brought us through them. Can I get an Amen? There were times in the year where I didn't wasn't really sure if we were gonna get through this easily, but we did. You know, when you get my age, sometimes you you I think you realize that more. All of those deadlines that used to drive me crazy and cause me to to worry so much and, and give me so much anguish. And guess what? They all were met, and they all passed, and it all went okay, and it wasn't that big a deal anyway. So we don't need to get all frustrated about a lot of things. Just do our job and serve God, and it's all going to work out. God's going to work it out for us. Our message today is let's act. I don't know if we put that up there or not, but we're going to do a review of two 2023 do you remember that we had some great sermon series this year we did Uh, one of our sermon series was uh, visions it was at the first of the year and the Lord was trying to implant in us visions of what it could be like visions of what it is what he wants to do visions of people coming to God Another sermon series was the second series. Do you remember that one? That wasn't too long ago, and that was powerful, how God is so interested in seconds. We think it all goes to the first place winner. No. God is interested in seconds. He raises up seconds and exalts them to the top. My students in school used to drive me crazy because we'd watch the Olympics, and it's like... The silver medal winner would never get any recognition at all. It's only the gold medal winner. Well, the silver medal winner has gone all the way to second place in the entire world. That is pretty unbelievable. Even the bronze winner. So God is not like that. He exalts seconds. We had a sermon series called Deep Fake. Does everybody remember that one? That was an eye-opener we not we have to be rooted and grounded in the word and not easily shaken by some of the things that happen in our world there are deep fakes ai is m- recreating people that never existed but they look real as can be you know some people can bring forth a false gospel and make it look real and true it has to fit the word of god or it's not true we had one called long story short Remember that? Cutting to the chase. It looked like a long story, but at the end, Jesus. At the end, deliverance. Here's some of the high points we had this year. We had a lot of baptisms this year, and that was wonderful. Is that great? Even more than that, we had some healings this year. We had people in our church battling cancer. They're no longer battling cancer. Thank you, Jesus. We had some miracles, out-and-out out miracles. I want to remind you that in the fluid family, we had a miracle transpire with Will. We were a year in the hospital. It was terrible. We didn't know what was going to happen. And the Lord led him in repentance. Did you hear that? The Lord led him into a repentance. And when he repented, then the Lord led Christopher in Closing the doors against the enemy that would try to come in. When you're not repentant, when you are wayward and away from God, then enemies can come into your life that you're not strong enough to combat. And God turned it completely around. He was in the hospital no more after that. The psychologists, the psychiatrists, the PhDs, the physicians, they said... Well, I don't know what happened, but he's totally different. And he is totally different, and we know what happened. It was Jesus. We certainly had some memory-making parties, did we? I mean, and the food was great. And um, a lot of fun. We worked in a food bank and exhausted ourselves having good time and helping out. Does everybody remember that? Thank you, Deborah. Benevolence went above and beyond. Y'all don't know this. And it would embarrass Marshall for me to tell it in front of him. But he's not here. He's in Pensacola. I want you to know he's our benevolent pastor. And he marvels us at, at his heart for people. And you don't. We don't all know this is happening, but we get calls every day for people that need money, they need help, maybe pay their rent, maybe pay their bills, maybe help them in some other way, maybe just prayer. Those things happen. And Christopher turns a lot of that over to Marshall, and Marshall is helping people all the time. That happens in this church, and we don't do that hard enough, but that happens. And some of Marshall's jobs in the benevolent are not really easy. There was a point this year where we had a large homeless man in a wheelchair. And do you know what he needed? He needed someone to help him change pants. And Marshall did that. Y'all, that's the heart. That's the heart of Jesus Christ right there benevolence goes out of this church and we do a lot of work for people. We have connect groups and uh, we were busy throughout the year. We saw people come back to the Lord and we prayed with a lot of hurting people and we saw healings of cancer in in one of the connect groups. I hope you had fun in your connect groups. We're going to do it again. It's wonderful. It's where it's at because it's small groups and we can be closely in touch with each other. Missions, we've already talked about a little bit during this period, but we worked in missions all over the world. Summer uh, programs and, and uh, halfway houses in Belarus, Russia, building buildings in Cuba, praying for the missionaries in Beirut during this war that's going on in that area, and, and then praying for peace in Jerusalem. Next Steps, we got Next Steps under the way this year, and that. thank you, Lapita, for working so hard on that, and it's been good for us, and we're going to continue that, and I'm, God's going to bring us more people to join our Next Steps program. I don't know if this is going to work or not. The light is really weird here. Here, maybe if I stand back here. 2024 brings a lot of promise in a clean slate. We always talk about a clean slate at New Year's time. Well, we've got one, and that feels really good. You haven't messed up in 2024. It's all clean. You're clean as a whistle. You know, as people, we're going to mess up. But right now, we have a clean slate, and it's Wonderful. And we're going to accomplish great things for Christ this year. Maybe your thoughts on the subject are a little more mundane. Maybe you think we're going to do better this year. Or maybe you think, I will survive. Those are pretty mundane, but if you'll bring Christ into it, we're going to do great things this year. He's not going to waste a moment. He's going to bring us to some great things, and we're going to accomplish it through Him. Do you hear me? Are you ready? Because it's time. It's going to happen. Some of us feel like we have a tiger by the tail and we're in control of so much. We can accomplish it all. And others feel like they have a tiger by the tail and it's about to devour them. They are not sure they can accomplish anything at all. Y'all, those are just viewpoints. Viewpoints. Bring Jesus Christ in the middle of it. We can accomplish it all through Him. Others feel like, oh, let's see, no matter where you fall in that spectrum, 2024 is here. It's knocking at the door, and there's nothing you can do about it. We're going to have to walk into it. Tomorrow is a brand new year. Hopes are up, celebrations await, resolutions abound. That's what's happening right now starting. There's a lot of celebrations going on. I believe we need more than a resolution. We need a plan and an agreement as a people. We need to support one another in our collective endeavor at serving God. We need to support each other in it. And above all, we need to include Jesus Christ first and foremost in all of our plans in 2024. And that's That's not a resolution. That's a plan. And we say it in our hearts right now. Jesus, I want to include you. I'm including you right now in everything I do in this new year. We haven't always done that. We might have said it, but we haven't always done it. For instance, in the past, anything happened and you rushed straight to the doctor. You didn't call for prayer. You didn't call your pastor and ask him to pray for you. The Bible says you're supposed to do that first. So you thought you were including Jesus Christ in everything that happens, but you're really not. I'm not either. We've got to be more in focus with Christ than that. Um, Maybe you met somebody at the store that needed prayer, and you said to them, I'll be praying for you. That's wonderful. But what about just stop right there in the corner and say, I want to pray for you right now? Taking their hand and say, In Jesus' name, I'm asking God to touch this situation in your life. I think Christopher challenged us with that a few months a few weeks ago. He said, How many of you have prayed for anybody in an alley? How many of you have prayed for anybody in a line in a checkout. That ought to be happening a lot. Because every checkout line you're in, just about, seems like there's somebody there hurting. If God opens the door, let's walk through it. Don't, don't be shy about anything like that. It all centers down to even your joyful things that are going on. Have you made Jesus the center of that? He's got to be the center of everything. He's the center of everything. His voice will bring you through everything. The word of God will stand up in you and bring you through every trouble and trial you have. And every one of us has something that nags us, gets in the way, tries to overpower us, worries us to death, gets us off center, I'm telling you, Jesus Christ, the Word of God, will take care of every need you've got. You know what happens? You just need faith. You have to believe it. Not just say it. You have to believe it. It's a lot easier when you're 75 and you've come through a bunch of stuff and you have a wonderful son like I do. But I know what God can do. And I believe him. And it takes that. We're not just believing Jesus lived. We believe he's with us and he speaks to us. And if we call on him, he's there and he has all power. He has all power. God wants us as his children to reach out to one another and to believe him for all things. Right now, I'd like for him to take care of my sinus stuff. Let's have a great new year and we're going to look at a scripture, Galatians 4, 4-7. through 7. Maybe you haven't seen it like this. When the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. Galatians 4, 4-7. Paul is writing to the Galatians. In Acts 19, he found a group of preachers. They were preaching in Asia Minor. And he listened to them preach. And he was moved by their words. They spoke with zeal. They, they were very erstwhile. They were, they were preaching Jesus. He said to them, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they said, we haven't even heard of the Holy Ghost. He said, how then were you baptized? Now, later, Bible theologians believe that was that those men formed the church in Galatia. And they were having issues in Galatia. If you've read the book, they were seemingly to go back into law. The law is the keeping of the old commandments. The law is... Actually, denying the Spirit of God and going back in to keep being good rather than knowing that Jesus' Spirit saves you, Jesus' blood saves you. And he's talking to them here, and I'm so glad he did. When the fullness of time had come, another way to say that is at just the right time. At just the right time. All of eternity. But this is at just the right time. That's kind of God you've got. At just the right time, He's going to do it. At just the right time, He's going to move in this situation. Thank you, Lord. Um, At just the right time, He sent forth His Son, born of a woman, born under the law. And you know what's coming next he sent forth his son that he might be a sacrifice for your sin and his blood might cover you but that's not what it says he sent forth his son that the spirit of the son would be in your hearts crying abba father that's why he sent us this because you are sons he's made you a son by adoption he sent forth his son for multiple reasons. He sent forth his son to die for our sins and be the perfect sacrifice. He also sent forth his son that he could make you an adopted son of God. Can we grasp that? He wants to give you more than you ever dreamt. You thought he just wanted to save you from sin. You thought he wanted to give you the power to not be bad and to be good. No. (laughs) We've missed it there. He wants to do those things, but he also wants to make you his God's son by adoption. And he said, then he sends him into your hearts crying out, Abba, Father. He's doing the praise in you. When we come before the Lord and praise the Lord in the Spirit of God, He's giving you the praise. Not everyone knows that. A lot of Christians are very physical people. They see it. If they can see it, if they can feel it, if they can touch it, then they know that's real. If you get into the Spirit, they're not sure. I can't see that. I can't feel it. That's a physical person. God wants to turn physical people into spiritual people. Do you hear? And He wants to... He is a spirit. God is a spirit. And those that worship Him worship Him in spirit and in truth. He raised up a son to give His life for you to show you the way so that you can be a son of God. That changes everything. It's not just about sinning and not sinning. It's about grabbing hold of your inheritance. You're inheriting. You have... What if somebody called you and said, you better go to New Mexico and check it out. You own half the state. You've inherited it. Wouldn't you be in the car pretty soon? God is telling you, re-look at this thing. I want you to be my son. I want you to be a son by adoption. And I'm putting my spirit in you that it will give you the praise. Abba Father, when you praise the Lord, that's Abba Father. You're calling him your daddy. You're, you're reaching out to him. You're, and he gives you the power to do that. I want us to understand that. I want you to know that it's, it's not you. The man on the street has trouble doing it. You go up to the street and say, Would you praise the Lord for me? And maybe if that man doesn't know God, maybe that's going to be a really hard deal for him. I don't know if I even believe in God, let alone I'm going to stand up. How do you do it? You know why he didn't know how to do it? If you know how to praise God, it's God in you praising. It's God in you doing the work. There's no good in me puts that in there. He puts the desire in there. He puts the power in there to do it. To praise Him. Thank you, Lord. We have a time coming forth, 2024. It's our timetable this year. The next 365 days. I think we have an extra day this year. I think this is leap year. Another version of the Bible says at just the right time God sent His Son. Has your heart ever cried out, Abba, Father? Let's think about that. Has your heart ever cried out, Abba, Father? In the stillness of the night, did your heart cry out, Abba, Father? Maybe it didn't say those exact words. Maybe it said, Jesus, I need you. Or maybe it said, Jesus, I worship you. I want this for you. This is Clyde talking. I want this for you. I want us to have the Spirit of God well up in us in the middle of the night, in the middle of the trial, in the middle of the doctor's words that scare us to death. I want that... Wonderful spirit of God to well up in us and say, Jesus, I need you because he is there. He will be there. If you call on him, it's the confidence we have that he hears us. This is what Jesus wants to do within you. He wants to give you the praise. He wants to be your praise. He is the word of God and he wants to be your praise. Is that too hard to grasp? He's a bigger God than you thought he was. And guess what? He's a better God than we thought he was. He's big and he's strong. But he's also really, really, really good. And he really, really, really loves us. I want you to feel that. I want you to feel it, reach out and feel it with your heart and your spirit. Perhaps you've been told that justification is all that matters. You get forgiveness from God and it's just as if I'd never done it. Well, that's true. You do. I want to go through this. Everybody, if you went, and you just raised your hands to God, or you just spoke to God and said, God, forgive me for what I just did, and forgive me of all my sins. He hears you, and he does it immediately. Can you see the power in that? And it's just as if you'd never done it in his eyes. It's not in the the thoughts of that little old lady you just kicked in the shin. She remembers it. She doesn't like it. But Jesus forgives you for it. It's just as if you'd never done it. It is true, but many people heard that message and then they decided to just hang their entire Christian walk on that pig. It's just as if I'd never done it. All I have to do is say, God, forgive me. It's like saying, God, you do everything. I'll just sit back and enjoy. You all understand that might be happening? I think it's probably part of the trouble that the churches are not more victorious. Friend, there's so much more to this profession of Christ than just being justified in all our actions. We have, to, we need, we have the Spirit of the Son of God sent forth into our hearts if we call out, you are my Father. We should allow Christ to bring an end to our slavery, our walk on the dark side. We should receive his great light of a brand new day. Let me say that again. We should allow Christ to bring an end to our slavery. And that's exactly what it was when I was in the world. I might be 75, but I'm not 75 years on fire for God in the church. I had to go through my dark days too. I was a 70s kid and a teenager. Do I need to say more? And I went to some dark places. I didn't ever plan to go there, Cleta, but I was there. The enemy got me there and then I didn't know how to get out. I couldn't get myself out. My God, it was a dark day. But we need to allow God to bring us out of our slavery. Anybody that doesn't know God in the power of his might, in his spirit, and by the word of God, and profess Jesus Christ in his word, that person is in slavery and they don't know it. They have no idea. They may be wealthy. They may be living on daddy's money. They, they can go anywhere. The, this rich world is full of it. There are kids, 18 to 20, that are traveling the world by plane, first class, doing everything they want to do. They've never had a single problem in their world, and they can't figure out why you don't do the same thing. It's hard to believe, but we have a multitude of people in that bracket. They don't even know they need God. They have everything they need, but they're in slavery. He wants to give us victory that will carry us through our days of distress and future days of testing and trial. We're going to have them. He wants to get us through them. Someone in our church will experience their very first year of life this year. For the fullness of time, we will have come to them for that experience. The time is arriving for that person. Someone in our church will call out to God and receive that spirit of adoption unto Jesus' precious family. Someone will do that this year. Someone in our church will receive the healing they need by believing on the very name of Jesus Christ. Someone will receive the baptism speaking in a language they didn't understand. They will be born unto a spiritual man and made a son of God by adoption. It will happen this year. I'm speaking prophetically, but these are the things God desires and I believe, and I'm going to put them into action by speaking them. Many Christians look on God's use of tongues as mysterious. They think it's mystic and mysterious. I want to say to you that I would be pretty uh, selfish if I didn't explain to you and let you understand the gift. It's not mystic. It's not mysterious. If I raise my hand... I can raise my hand at the Dallas Cowboys game and I'm just raising my hand. I can raise my hand and say, Teacher, I know, and they'll ask. Me. If I raise my hand in the assembly to the Lord, he will take that over. And he will make that a praise unto himself. It's surrender. I surrender this to you, God, and it becomes spiritual. Do you see that? Now it's not just physical, it's spiritual. And he has to take it to that realm. He's the one giving me the unction to even do it. Do you love me? Will you surrender? I surrender! I love you! If I do something with my feet, if I were to jump up and down and say, God is good, he is so good, he will take that over and it's not an old man jumping. It becomes praise to him. The same thing is true with your tongue. If you repent and you believe, that's the only two ingredients. I've repented. I'm clean as I can be. I may be alone in my prayer closet. I might be somewhere no one's around. It's wonderful. And I've repented and I feel so good and I release my tongue. He'll take it over and he will make it praise. That's how you receive it. It's, it's nothing in the world but yielding this tongue where you yield your hand and where you yielded your foot. The only difference being the tongue has to include your voice. You can't take that over if you don't use your voice. And what do we do? We're physical people so we immediately go into the King James language. Behold, Lord, you're giving me the Spirit. But you're still in control. You have to lose control and you have to not care what anybody thinks. I've prayed, I'm clear with the Lord, and I'm believing you, God, and He will take it over. Now, let me tell you this it doesn't matter what the sound is, it's the thing that He does when you submit your tongue. He pours in his spirit to overflowing. It overflows you like never before. You can't believe how wonderful. And he will turn the gibberish into a language. There won't be an interpretation. It's just your your newest experience with God, and that's what it is. But it'll become a prayer language. From then on, it'll be second nature. You go to praise or pray, and it'll be there. Because you yielded that to the Lord, you'll always have that member yielded to God. I need to tell you that because there's so much propaganda against it. Like it's strange and it's odd, but it isn't. It's godly. It's the entire book of Acts is telling us about the wonder of it. We turn it into mystique, miraculous, and it's really just submission. Thank you, Jesus. You are just so good. Many who have never experienced such wonder have said it doesn't happen anymore. And I want to tell you, there's nothing mysterious about it. It's very easy to receive God's Spirit speaking in tongues. And it will edify you every time. It lifts you up. You feel so good. You feel like you know God heard you, and he's got everything under control. And at some point, you'll get the the translation. You'll know what you said. If, I, uh, let's see, the tongue is an unruly member. This is James 3.8. Have we got that one? I don't know. The tongue is the unrulyest member of the body, and no man can tame it. That's James 3.8. What he's telling us is, that's the la- you you think you've submitted everything to God, but that's the last one. You need to submit that to God, too giving him everything, not just the parts we understand. God can tame the tongue. God has a way to use this unruly member to cleanse it and anoint it for his purpose. We offer it unto God through repentance and faith. That's all it takes. Believing. You must repent and believe. That's all that's required. Empty your heart of falsehoods and idolatries and make Jesus your king, and then believe you will receive and you will. You must make a sound without words of your own, and they will sound foolish, but the miracle comes from God as He fills your heart and soul with His Holy Spirit to overflowing. Sometimes it's like a cup. Your soul is a cup, and you come to God in repentance places his spirit there as you serve God and he works in your heart that that spirit is there helping you residing in you he wants to overflow that cup and when he does he'll have all members under subjection that's my very simplistic way of understanding it you will have allowed him access to your tongue and demonstrated a lack of false pride you don't care What anybody thinks. He takes that submissive spirit and gives you freedom you will never thought possible. You're a new person. You're gonna be totally different. It's a language to pray in and to rejoice in, and he will lift you up and encourage you in every way. We are all looking forward to a fullness of time for our miracles our goals, and even our dreams to come to pass. Someone in our church family will finally realize this year that they are not slaves to sin or to the world or to others. They'll realize they are full sons of adoption and all they have to do is call on God and He will answer. They don't need to entertain fears and deny themselves happiness. Through the power of the Holy Ghost, we will do exploits for Christ. Through the power of the Holy Ghost, we will do exploits for Christ. Thank you, Lord. It is the plan of God to perform it. I believe it. I know it. You may have gone through some things no one else has had to endure. Through the power of the Holy Ghost, you will be able to use your trials to disciple others toward their fulfillment. I want you to, I'm giving you an answer right now. You're going through stuff you cannot see the end of it. Why is it like that? I'm telling you that God wants to use you to help someone in the same shape come through it. Sometimes it requires you to Admit you haven't always been perfect. Sometimes you have to own up to the fact that you're a weakling and not strong, that he's actually your only strength. But you'll be able to help that person that's struggling so hard now not to fall away from their belief in God and to be fulfilled in him. These statements are all prophetic in nature. Through Jesus Christ, we know they are true and they will come to pass. Musicians, would you come sing? God, through the voice of our pastor, has asked me to speak today. You know very well, all of you, that I didn't go ask and beg. (laughs) He said, will you do it? And every member in my body went, no. (laughs) No. But I said yes, because I believe God said to do it. And then when I prayed, this is all God would give me. I had, I had to deliver what he had for me to deliver. We have an active church in the Holy Spirit. He's moving in this church. I want to hear that statement and begin to apply, it, apply that law of the Spirit to your own walk. I want you to hear it. Uh, God, through the voice of our pastor, asked me to speak today, and I want you to hear that statement and apply that law of the Spirit to your own walk. You have said you believe Jesus is the Son of God. You have said Jesus died on the cross for your sins and His blood saves us all. You have said the Holy Spirit lives in your heart since you believe. Now believe the corollary. Here's the corollary. God has sent us all to do a work for him in Plano, Texas. That's true. He has raised up a young minister to lead us in performing our work. That's true. He has raised... Um, He, even though it seems humble and small in this setting, it is still the handiwork of God, and it is mightily anointed. That's the church I'm talking about. This church may seem small, it may seem not mighty, but through Jesus Christ, it's mighty. He is in the place to become an oracle of God. We're talking about Christopher. I wasn't very clear there. Christopher stands before God for the things he says to you singularly and collectively. Some things he might say are of himself in fun, in instruction, and in friendship. But no, some of his words come forth from God, and we must hear them with reverence. You might not understand it. God set it up that way. It's the way it is. It's God's plan. This foolishness of preaching. God Himself tells you, "It's the foolishness of preaching." First Corinthians one twenty-one in the NIV says, "The world through its wisdom did not know Him. God was pleased through the foolishness of what was preached to sh- save those who believe." But if you get it in the message, listen to this. Since the world in all its fancy wisdom never had a clue when it came to knowing God, God in his wisdom took delight in using what the world considered stupid preaching of all things. The world thinks we're stupid. The world, much of the world thinks, why do you still believe that old story? Much of the world waves it by, but God chose the foolishness of preaching to do all the work. If the minister says, come forth and let me pray for you, that happens here a lot, he means God wants to perform a miracle in your life. He doesn't say that possibly, but that's what he means. If anybody has a need and needs a miracle, come right here. That's what he means. How then will we tell God, no, not today? I don't feel like it. No? I can't relate. We must do better in expecting miracles. I want us to get this. You should be expecting miracles. I hope you are. But we should do better in expecting miracles. We must do better at testifying of great things God has done. Christopher asked for testimonies at the party the other night. It was very hard to get some testimonies. Some people just didn't want to do it. Get a regular testimony. Start collecting your what God's done for you. Don't let that slip away. That's part of your overcoming. We must do better at testifying of the great things God has done. Expecting is believing. We look with expectation. We see his handiwork. Expecting is believing. We say we believe, but do we expect? Ephesians 4, 11-12 So Christ himself attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. That's what he wants to do for you. That's the son by adoption. He wants to bring you to the final place with him and you will be in the wholeness of Jesus Christ. The beauty of a non-denominational church is that we don't all have to instantly agree and maybe what I've said shook you and you didn't like it. I apologize for that I, I I want us to love one another but God will bring us into the unity of the faith as we grow up into him Christ may be built up until we reach the unity of the faith in Jesus name thank you Lord Jesus for the word and the help of you God and believe you Lord for all things hallelujah mm-hmm. If there's anyone that wants to come forward and have prayer, we'll pray with you. I want, I hope I haven't kept you too long. We're going to have a beautiful New Year's Eve, whatever you've got planned, and tomorrow will be a new year. Amen. All right? For more information about Redemption, look us up online at redemption-church.com. We want to hear from you, so be sure to connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or even our anonymous question text line at 214-856-0550.